Welcome to episode 36 of the Movie City Maniacs. On tonight's episode, we cover Friday the 13th, the final chapter from 1984. Let me just punch that in the computer and see what it says about this episode. Ooh, it's not a dead fuck. <laughs> Where'd you put the fancy corkscrew? <laughs> the corkscrew for the wine. Welcome to the Movie City Maniacs. And that was Jimmy Diamond doing his best Crispin Glover impression. Uh, tonight's episode, we'll be talking about uh, Friday the 13th, episode four, the final chapter. Yep. And what I like about this movie is, is that it is the final chapter. Joining me today is my good buddy Jimmy Diamond and uh, hey, hey. Kyle Chamberlain. Hey, hey, hey. I'm Maddie, and we're going to here to talk about... A bunch of movies that we just watched, and... Jimmy Diamond here is going to do his uh, best uh, Crispin Glover impressions throughout the whole episode. We might even get some dance moves out Jimmy, of Jimmy, uh, stop dancing. Sit down. We're doing a podcast. <laughs> uh, yes, we stop are here... Stop making out with that twin from the Doublemint commercials. <laughs> we are here to talk about the final chapter of the Jason Voorhees series. It is really unfortunate they didn't do any more after It's a this. shame, because there are so many other places they could take this, I could have right? seen them doing, like, maybe having him come back as a zombie would have been cool. At least eight more. Maybe had like someone else come back doing the killings, but it's was, not really Jason. I was actually telling this about you the other day. Like, I think um, he would do really well in space. Yeah. Oh, or yeah. a cruise ship. A cruise ship would work very well. If there's some way he could take it to the big city, you know, like either Chicago, maybe Atlanta. Or Baston. Baston would work really what well. What would have been crazy? It's too bad if they couldn't somehow work together and had him face off against Freddy Krueger. That would have been fantastic. That's like, like, like a wet nightmare come true, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, before we get into some Jason Voorhees goodness, anything exciting in your guys' lives? Any movies you saw? Any uh, women you saw skinny dipping? Netted. <laughs> Maybe no. ran into the uh, Doublemint twins? Uh, I love this movie so much. <laughs> I don't want to give too much away, but this movie's fucking awesome. Anyways, I went and saw, I don't want to give uh, too much away for Jimmy because he hasn't seen this yet, but I went and saw Avengers Infinity War. Okay, well I say fuck Jimmy, let's give yeah, it all yeah, away. Yeah, we got <laughs> It's one of these movies that no, we'll, um, we will we'll definitely do. We'll do a spoiler-free yeah. discussion here because yeah. yes, it is still new. I don't want to spoil it for listeners yeah. or Jimmy. I don't even know. If, have you even seen the last couple? Do you even? No, I haven't. <laughs> You're a little bit behind. <laughs> you saw like Iron Man one, and yeah. he thinks the Avengers <laughs> are like the guys who are like trying to rob the uh, the uh, who's the, uh, the two the, the, yeah, British, the British guys, Uma Thurman and, yeah. and uh, Ralph Fiennes yeah. uh, fighting uh, Sean Connery who controls the weather. Yeah, what a great movie! But uh, <laughs> was that like a TV show? Like a British TV it show? It was originally yeah. a show too. Yeah. Um, so yeah, let's talk Avengers, because I actually 
finally got to get out and go to the movies like the first time in a long time. Yeah, I, no I still Ready haven't even seen Ready you? Player One. <laughs> yeah, I want to see. Yeah, I, I, I figured that one. They've already kind of got the Blu-ray cover, so yeah. it's coming soon. This is a film. I figured if I didn't see it now, it would be long spoiled for me. Yeah, that's true. So uh, it was kind of more important to see this one at this point. I think they did a fantastic job. Like there was, I went in with zero expectation, but there was a lot of build up towards this movie, and I thought because there'd been so many characters and so much like. Um, a malarkey going on like no character film but they did a great job of keeping coherent and keeping it night tightly well it is they did do a great job I mean you had all these different characters you had serious killer Care killers, serious characters like Iron mm-hmm. Man, Captain America, but then you had the goofy Guardians of the Galaxy, yeah. and they kind of and Spider Man. They did a great job of kind of melting and never feeling like the tone never felt yeah. out of place. Like you'd have this epic score, and then you'd come in with this eighties rock tune with the Guardians. Yeah, Thor just came off a of kind of a goofy comedic film, but they did a great job. I agree of melding it all together. Um, I have been a little down on Marvel as of late. I mean, I've enjoyed a lot of the films they put out, but they haven't really blown me away I think the last great really great film they did was Winter Soldier and I think that has a lot in common with this in that yes there are jokes here and there but the jokes don't define the film they don't feel forced it feels like it actually is a serious film it has a serious story to tell with a a very menacing villain which again that's this is the best villain that I think Marvel has come up with in the past I don't know between him and Winter Soldier I really love Winter Soldier but you're right my biggest issue with Marvel films has always been well two things their villain and their score and I think they did a great job on both of them this yeah. time around. I think for score, we finally got some memorable bit, bits in there. There's some emotional moments. Mm-hmm. And I, again, I don't think it's uh, you know hitting the same levels as Hans Zimmer scores, but uh, yeah. it's the first memorable one in a long time for Marvel. Yeah. And yes, Thanos is the scene stealer in this one. He it really is so his film. This. Yeah, for sure. And he's actually, uh, like uh, I would say relatable, but you kind of, he has a story to well tell. yeah he's he's not just like oh I'm taking over yeah. the world he believes there's a reason for what he's doing mm-hmm. he thinks that he's technically the hero and uh, yeah it's definitely nice to have a, a conflicting villain mm-hmm. that uh, yeah he's not necessarily the one note I read that uh, I guess you got more of his origin that they had to cut out so hopefully that makes it a Blu-ray because I, awesome. I wouldn't mind seeing that but I don't even think you needed that I was no. kind of worried that that would have hurt the film and I think they did a great job on selling us on him without showing that but yeah the, the stakes in the film feel real like yeah. right from the get-go they're Thanos is kicking ass like uh, they killed off quite a few characters like yeah. uh, all throughout the movie well, and the whole cool. movie is about him getting the gems mm-hmm. and but right from the beginning he's already kicking ass so you're like if he's this powerful what's he gonna be like when he gets the yeah. gems so yeah I, I thought the first hour it was pretty tense and mm-hmm. I was like on the edge of my seat I really really enjoyed this film and like you said for Marvel I thought there were some ballsy moves in this, some yeah. ballsy scenes that I, I didn't think they would go that way. So, I mean, good on them. It has been a 10-year build-up, and I think it was a, mostly It didn't mostly feel like off. it was catering towards 13-year-olds. Yeah, exactly. Like, it actually felt like a, a movie that they like. Oh, well, or, or families, to, yeah. yeah. My biggest problem with Marvel is that they always make their films, and it's like, they always feel like they're trying to hit every note and attract yeah. every audience. And I always argue that you can't really make a great yeah. film if you're trying to attract everyone, because... Sometimes you have to go for those those scenes that, you know, not everyone's going to like. And I, I thought this film did a good job with that. I will say, though, it's not a perfect film. I, I do yeah, have... Listen. I don't have any big issues with it, which, again, if you've listened to the show... Yeah. I rip on Marvel all the time. So me to say I don't have any big issues is a big thing. But there are minor nitpicks. Uh, a lot of characters... I mean, I guess you do have this many characters, but I felt a lot of characters kind of get left with nothing to do. Yeah. I mean... Captain America's being the the scene stealer 
of this series from the beginning, and he is just there. I, like what does he have, like 10 lines in the film? If that. Um, I mean, it's really, it's Vision and Scarlet Witch's story, mm-hmm. and then maybe, uh, I guess, uh, Iron Man, Doctor Strange, and yeah. Spider-Man, and then maybe I, Star-Lord. I guess, like, Guardians get a bit, like... Yeah, I would say, like, half yeah. the characters have stuff to do, and the other half are kind of just there. Yeah. Our Thor was quite cool in this. Yeah. He was a bit of a scene-stealer. And then, unfortunately, there is a couple characters that literally aren't even in it. They, they like, mention one line why they're not there. I, yeah, I, I was kind of pissed off about that, um, you know, especially I read some things, and Kevin Feige seemed like he mentioned that, like, certain characters would not... The reason they're not there is because they're on this other mission, and yeah. we didn't even get a taste of that. I guess they are going to... I guess they're setting up for the second movies, film, but, right? it, again, it felt like you could really feel their presence missing, yeah. I thought. Um, and... Did you think Peter Dinklage looked like an odd character? Yeah, he he was. I don't know. His acting felt a bit off too. I and don't even know. like the, how they were trying to do like the uh, size appropriation, like I no. just felt weird, didn't it? Like I do feel too. Um, I don't know if I'm like, spoiling I'm like a this in a way. Yeah, I don't know if I'm spoiling this, but Hulk is in at the beginning. Mm-hmm. He gets his. Am I spoiling by saying he gets his ass kicked? This literally happens in the first two minutes. I don't think so. So the whole, which is really cool. So the whole film, though, he never becomes Hulk because he's too afraid now or something. Yeah. And I thought that was kind of goofy because it's like they're building up that he's going to eventually Hulk out, but it's like we've already seen him get beaten pretty easily. That I don't even think we. I don't even care about seeing Hulk. He's not yeah. even much of a threat. Um, the other thing I will say too, we're not going to obviously talk about who or what who dies or how many people die in the film, but I will say the people that do die and the way they die, mm-hmm. I could see Marvel has a, a way to retcon it, and I oh, really yeah. hope they don't. They will. I hope some of the characters stay yeah. dead, but I I could almost see the the characters that they picked. I could almost see them all coming back in a certain way. Yeah. And the, the only, I guess, the only other thing I would add is again, I think I thought it was a really enjoyable film. I really liked it. Um, it, it blew away my expectations. Mm-hmm. But going in, you should know this is not a film that stands on its own. It's a build up, a ten year yeah. build up, and uh, it really is a continuation I'm of that. If you need to see all the movies, for oh, it to I think make you would. Sense, I, I don't like think every you single care. one of them. Yeah, because you're so. not really getting much to know about these characters. This is. It almost feels like it's like mm-hmm. that episode finale. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it doesn't. It and that's what like as, as much as I enjoyed it, and I'm going to give it a high rating. I really yeah. dug it. But 10 years from now when I'm watching Dark Knight and stuff, am I going to care about this film when some of these people have been brought back? Yeah. I don't know because, again, it, it's, it doesn't really stand on its own. It's, it's really yeah. a continuation. It's a big – it felt more like an, an event than a film. I so. do like the idea that they've almost taken the uh, crossover comic books and turned it into this huge fucking movie, which I think is kind of cool. Oh, exactly. Like, again, as an event, it, it's amazing. Yeah. It's a, quite an accomplishment. Mm. and It's going to be like – you know how when Avengers first came out and it was such a big deal? Yeah. But now you watch it and you don't care about the film you really mm. It's not really a great film once you can look past it, how cool it was. Yeah. I have a feeling this could be like that, but right now I really dug it and yeah. I enjoyed it. Um, I guess the first time we've seen something of this magnitude oh, exactly. on a film, right? Which is kind of cool. And again, I'm, I'm just always excited when Marvel can do these serious films. Yeah. I wish they did more. I know everyone complains about DC and their darkness, but yeah. I always, when I watch a DC film, I'm always on the edge of my seat because I, I believe that yeah. at any time any of them could die. And Marvel, I never get that. It, it always feels jokey. And yeah. you look at Civil War and that big battle and it's like 10 people in an airport and they're just joking around the whole time. Yeah. It never felt like a real threat whereas this film, finally we have that. But um, yeah, I don't know. We, we, we'll talk about maybe more when it hits Blue yeah, and more people idea. have seen it. We can get into spoilers. But what are you going to give Avengers Infinity War? I gotta give 7.5. I enjoyed yeah. it. 
Yeah. I've been fighting, yeah, between a 7.5 and an 8. I'm going to throw mm-hmm. out an 8 just because oh, yeah? uh, wow. I kind of feel I'm going to hide. That's actually crazy for you. Yeah. I, again, I, I feel like I owe it to Marvel. I've been shitting on them. Yeah. I, to be fair, I, I enjoyed everything they put out last year. I just didn't think anything was great. I thought they were all mm-hmm. good, but... Um, I think this is the first film, again, since Winter Soldier that I think is actually a great film. And uh, I don't know. I, I might be getting back in my relationship with Marvel. Because uh, the Ant-Man tri- movie that's coming out, Ant-Man and Wasp, I have no interest in it initially because it's like yeah. we know they're going to be fine because it takes place before this Free. movie. But at the same time, I watched the trailer and I'm like, that looks pretty fucking fun. Like, there was mm-hmm. a lot of cool stuff. Have you in seen there. Black Panther yet or nah? I have that uh, pre ordered. It's right. hopefully next week. But yeah, I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. They may, have, they may have won me back. And I guess it helps too that DC kind of with Justice League oh, they killed it for me. For so sure. hopefully James Wan with his Aquaman can get me yeah. back on, on track with them. But um, yeah. They uh, definitely rushed that uh, Justice League movie. Yeah. Um, Okay, well, I have a couple other films I want to talk about. I'll, I'll try. Yeah, to get yeah, jump here. in, man. Uh, Dogs from 1976. Anyone seen this one? No, I don't think so. Uh, so this is coming off of Jaws. I think was 1975. <laughs> is this what I think it is? Sorry, is this a movie about dogs taking like oh, over? Yeah, yeah, dude, this is amazing. Um, so yeah, Jaws 1975. We had a lot of nature gone amok kind of ripoffs. Um, this is the same thing. They mentioned there's this government building. They're doing experiments across from the college. Something about a linear accelerator. Of course. I guess like it messes with the, the, the pheromones and the dogs, so it kind of makes them all act as one. And oh, they have like what that called the uh, hive mentality. Yeah, you know? exactly. So yeah, it starts out like the cows are getting killed, and they're like, "What could it kill? This coyotes, whatever." And then they realize there's dogs, and yes, it, it's just your man's best friend going around attacking people. It's pretty crazy. That's Again, kind of back amazing. then, like they had to do it by like probably throwing a dog on you and please tell me it it's not you. just like uh, German shepherds. It's like poodles <laughs> and shit. No, it actually is. It's like, everything. Yeah, yeah there's the big and the small dogs, which is kind of funny. <laughs> little chihuahuas coming at you. <laughs> you, of course, have to have the mayor who doesn't want to uh, believe it. Of course not. Will not cancel any of the He's events. He's going to keep the beach open. Exactly. He's going to keep the dog park open. That's the reason people come to Dogsville. <laughs> Um, the lead is uh, David McCollum, uh, who's he's one of the the teachers uh, at the college, and he's a bit of a dick. He's a weird he's a weird lead. Like, and it's hard to like him. Like, you kind of like him, but you kind of don't. Like, he's very snobbish. He hates everyone. He's like this very dedicated. Like, he's there to learn and do experiments yeah. and, and actually do something with his life. Whereas he feels like all the other teachers are there just for like the status and for the parties and stuff. It's kind of like, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> So it's it's hard to root for this guy who's like this nerd, nerd. not nerdy, but just this kind of like studious, dickish (laughs) brainiac. Uh, But yeah, he calls out like the faculty and the students all throughout the whole movie. Um, So it's kind of hard to like him. Call him a little bitch or what? (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, that's pretty much it. It's dogs attacking people. I wanted to fit in this episode because it almost gets like slasher esque at times. There's literally a point of view of the dog shot of the dog stalking the woman. And then it, it, she's in the shower, and it attacks her in the shower, like, psycho style. And then, I don't, this is so stupid, but somehow, like, they find, like, a, there's a dead body in the closet. I guess it's supposed to be, like, maybe the girl ran and after getting attacked and then died in the closet. But they open the closet, and the dead body falls out. And it's, like, total slasher-esque moments, which is kind of Dogs silly. don't have opposable thumbs. No, they can't even open, like, the doors. Um, It'd be better if he was buried in the backyard alongside a bone. Ah. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, it, I mean... 
it's a goofy yeah. but decent film in the nature they did, they did it earnestly it, it wasn't like a yeah like like it's well directed yeah. well acted like everything about it is well put together and the attack scenes and stuff are well done but I mean it is kind of still goofy mm. <laughs> and I will say the, the uh, finale was a little bit unfulfilling it uh, kind of left you wanting more it, didn't, it felt like almost unfinished but yeah, I would still recommend it. Like I said, it's it's not like up there with like Deadly Eyes or uh, Day of the Animals or yeah. Grizzly or anything. It's kind of more mid-tier nature mm-hmm. gone amok. But it's no orca. No, exactly. <laughs> I, I, it's still worth a watch, so I'd give it uh, 6 out of 10. Not K9 out of 10? No. Yeah. <laughs> uh, another... You're all weak, folks. <laughs> <laughs> another slasher I watched is uh, from 1986, Bloodhook. Vinegar Syndrome releasist, and you guys heard this one? You were showing me last week. So this is directed by, I think, one of the guys that did Mystery Science Theater, I believe. I, I don't remember his name. But it's pretty much a slasher film set in a small like fishing town. And it's a killer going around with a fishing rod, and he has like a huge hooked reel. Like I know what you did last summer, hook kind of deal. No, like literally, like a big. Hook oh, it's just lore. like a hook. Yeah, like a lure that has a, a lure. Lure? What is? How do you say it? Lure. Lure that has hooks on it. So he like casts it out, <laughs> and it like grabs onto you, and then he pulls you in the water. <laughs> So it's such a. Here's a weird thing. So you think it's done by a guy, mystery science here, just got to be this goofy parody. But the strange thing is, like, other than that, it's actually taken very seriously. Like, it feels like a real 80s Get slasher, here. but it just has little elements like that that are goofy. So it's kind of funny. But yeah, anyways, the whole story is this one character. It opens up, and uh, he sees his grandfather mysteriously disappear from the, the obvious setting up that this killer got yeah. him. And uh, this is him returning, like, seven, 17 years later. Um, so him and his buddies, he inherited the cabin. Him and his buddies are going to stay there. And party. Uh, he's got his one buddy, Finner, who's like an expert fisherman. <laughs> uh, he's got his punker friend who actually has like... Um, Spacers? No, he's got um, a fish tackle earring, <laughs> <All right. laughs> which was pretty awesome. Uh, and just, a, you know, the cliche over the top yeah. punker. Uh, there's a great scene like he's just there's this guy this old man fishing and he's just got his boat um, driving in circles around the boatman just to piss him off to like upset the water and mm-hmm. scare off all the fish there's a this paranoid redneck guy that's a uh, gun nut he's gonna tell them that they're all doomed uh, yeah there's a crazy old janitor that's pretty much the doom guy um, yeah, it, it's fun. I mean, it, it, like I said, it's a great location. It's a really cool setting. Oh, yeah, there's also a, a musky madness tournament going on at the same time. <laughs> so people amazing. are like trying to catch the big fish while this, this killer is going around. And there's a cool set piece, too, where they go in this giant, like, musky statue. Oh, that's amazing. Which I thought was kind of fun. Uh, all the local fishermen are all kind of unique characters. You have, like... You know, this guy, he's like, oh, I won the tournament. He's like this expert caster or something. An and then the, the thinner guy comes in and shows him up. And he's like, oh, you, you cheated. You you can't do this. And like, I don't know. It's just a lot of like interesting uh, locals that I thought uh, helped. Uh, it's got a decent little synth, synth score in there. Oh, yeah. One of the locals, he's like growing the fish for the contest. So he's got this huge fish that he's been growing for like the past couple of years. So he's going to like throw in the water and he's got something to like market so he can catch it <laughs> to cheat. Um, there's like this annoying family that's like cheesing over the top that I uh, guess they love each other and shit like that. Well, no, there's like the mother and he's like, oh, I came up here to fish or something. I figure it happened. She's, I forget what happens, but he pretty much tells her to fuck off because he's here to fish, and she goes out and gets killed. But they're they're just kind of funny. 
you're the worst parent in uh, in horror history. There's a scene where she like he meets her and she's been jogging and he follows her. She's like, oh, come back to my place. One of his old, one of, uh, I guess this guy knew her. He used to live in this town and she go, he goes back to their place and apparently she just left her kid alone in her backyard <laughs> in like a little gated cage thing. Uh, and then there's another scene where she's like sleeping or, or something and she just got her kid just walk around playing on the shore. Um, this kid's like, I'm sure she'll be fine. This kid's like three or four, I should add. <laughs> this is not like a growing kid. So yeah, terrible parenting on display here. Um, you get a tackle to dick kill, which was fun. Um, I'd expect nothing less. <laughs> and yeah, there, there's a cool scene where he's got all the dead bodies. You know how like like a fish, you string them up, but you leave them still in the water to keep yeah. them. So he's got like that with all the dead bodies, which was kind of <laughs> cool. Uh, yeah, I don't know. The plot, like I said, it's so silly, but it's taken seriously, It's just, which is kind of weird. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I, I had fun with it. There, there, every time, too, the, the killer kills, there's um, cicadas chirping, and oh, that good. like relates to... That's kind of cool. What, why he's killing. Comes back every 17 And uh, you do have like the mystery of who, who is it going to yeah. be, because again, they set up all these unique characters. But... Yeah, it, unfortunately, I'm, I'm really hyping it up. It isn't a great film. I mean, it's about 30 minutes too long. I think it's almost like just shy of two hours. It's 45 minutes long. <laughs> it's it's too long for this type of film. But yeah, I, I still had fun with it. I'm going to give it five and a half out of ten. Okay. I'd say, again, it, it goes great with like Microwave Massacre and those type yeah. of films where it's like not really an amazing slasher. But, but you'll it, have fun with it's it. a fun watch and it's a unique. You're not going to find any other slashers like this, I don't think. And again, you're never really, other than what well, is a bit long, but it's never really boring. They keep it uh, exciting mm. enough, I thought, unique enough. So cool. Did you guys watch anything else? Or that's yeah, I just watched the Avengers this week actually. Okay, I got two more. I'm going to be really quick with yeah, these yeah, no though. Worries. Sorry, yeah, I've just been killing it lately with uh, yeah, these watches. Six days or what? So I watched. Uh, I'm usually not uh, one to watch movies right when they come out. I usually try to fit them all in at the end of the year. So this year I decided I'm going to try to watch them throughout the year so I don't have 40 films to watch in <laughs> December and January. Uh, so I threw on two. Both of these are on Netflix, at least in Canada. Uh, the first one I'll talk about because I'll rush through this because it sucked. The Cloverfield Paradox. Did you watch no, this No, I yet? haven't watched it yet. Yeah, don't don't bother. Oh, that sucks, man. Cause I was really looking forward to this. Uh, so so was I. I think this both made one of our most anticipated films of the year. So the whole story is, I guess, Earth is having an energy problem. They send these astronauts off. They're going to use, uh, they're testing a particle accelerator, hoping to uh, create this like infinity energy that they can use uh, to give to Earth. But instead, it opens up a parallel universe. Uh, killer dogs. Yeah, as it does. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Uninteresting space dogs, doll characters you don't care about. Uh, the plot's a little bit confusing. The one lead they try to make you care about, I guess she's got a husband still on Earth, so it's cutting back and forth between him on Earth and the whole Cloverfield. There's the connections like very slim, but possibly it opened when it opened up. That's where maybe these aliens came oh, from. Okay. I don't know if I'm spoiling anything. I think it's yeah. pretty early on. But you, you just know there's there's something, there's some kind Thumbs of creature ups. or something is happening on Earth. So the husband's down there. You also learn that she had two children that died in a fire. And when they open up this parallel universe on this world, her kids are still alive. So it's like, oh, do I go and be with them? But like, but they already have a mother because yeah. she's still alive there. So Kill her. Kill her off. <laughs> yeah, you have like stuff like that in the movie where there's like, you know, some someone on this... Um, 
one of the one of the people on this ship may not be who they seem and mm-hmm. i don't know it's just it was just very like I, it felt like we've seen it all before and the cgi wasn't great and all the films kind of felt like blend characters of better care like they're all trying yeah. to like rip offs of better characters and better films um the score was decent i guess i'll give it that but like i said the cloverfield connection felt very tacked on i mean you get something at the end but um yeah, I really don't have anything nah, to say about that's, this. That stinks. I'm going to give it a 5 out of 10. Uh, I mean, I loved both Cloverfield and 10 Cloverfield Lane, so that it hurts me that yeah. I thought this would have been in my top 10 of the year, and it will, will possibly be in my worst of the year. Nah, that stinks. On the other hand, another movie I did watch on Netflix, um, it's a 2017 movie, but it's pretty much, I think, North America got it in 2018. Highly recommend this movie. If it doesn't make my top 10 of the year, I'm going to be very surprised. The Ritual. Have you seen it? Ritual. No. Go home and watch this tonight, Maddie. Is it good? Oh, it's it's fantastic. I think it's in my queue. It seems like it's very divisive. I've Is heard that the like, one with the kids going into the woods kind of deal or no? It's not kids. No, it's adults okay. going in the woods. But um, directed by David Bruckner, who did um, uh, The Signal, a segment in The Signal, VHS and Southbound. Uh, he did some of the decent segments in those anthology films. Um, but yeah, th- this is very well directed. It, I just really dug it. Uh, so the film opens up. You have four old, four or five old friends. Mm-hmm. They're kind of, kind of remind me. You know, they're like our yes. age. They're like, you know, they, they've life is kind of. You know, the one guy's got kids. Life has kind of got on. But this is they're going to meet up and they're planning on some kind of trip they can all go on. You know, some kind of fun excursion to get away. The one you can kind of see, like the one guy is still kind of the partier, where some of the other guys have kind of settled Hello. down. <laughs> the other guys have kind of settled down with their wife or kids or whatever, and uh, they're all going to go home. But he's like, ah, like you guys are honestly going to go home now? It's still early, and they're like, yeah, we got to get up early. They're boring and lame like myself, and yeah, the, the other guys are partier. The other guys like a partier, like you guys. But anyways, he's like, well, I'm going to go to the rice store and get some alcohol and bottle of vodka and keep this going. His one friend goes with them as they're in there grabbing the alcohol. They notice the uh, clerk is knocked down on the floor, and it turns out they happen to enter the store during the middle of a robbery. And the one guy, the one friend, is able to hide behind one of the shelves, and he has to sit there. And he's sitting there with a bottle, like, "Do I go?" And the other criminal's got his friend. Do I go help him? But if I help him, I'm going to probably die. He he can't do it. He doesn't help, and his friend dies. I'm not spoiling anything. This is like literally the opening two minutes that sets up the whole film. So it's this whole thing, the whole film that he's dealing with his guilt. Of his friend died, and all his friends, I think, kind of blame him, him as well for not trying to, to stop them. Mm-hmm. But anyways, they, they decide uh, in honor of their friend, they're going to still go on this this trip they decided to go on, which is a hiking trip in Sweden. And while they're there, they kind of get lost. They come across these weird symbols and stuff on the trees. Is this like, uh, what's that movie, uh, uh, the, the Descent, but with dudes? <laughs> well, yeah, I was, that's, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. It pretty much is The Descent, but it, you're not getting the claustrophobic yeah. nature, but it is like guys lost in the woods. But anyway, so there's weird symbols and stuff on the trees. They find a, a gutted elk hanging from the trees, and they're like, oh, okay, cool. this is like, what the fuck's going on here? But and they they're trying they just want to get home. It starts to the, the one guy's leg is hurt and the heavy rainfall comes down and they come across an abandoned cabin. So they say we'll stay in there. And when they get in there, you can tell whoever did all that stuff was probably in this cabin because there's all the weird symbols and all the ritualistic decorations yeah. stuff throughout. The one upstairs is like this half torso made out of branches, like some kind of some oh, kind of cool. weird shit is going on here. Anyways, they stay the night. 
and during the during their stay, they all have these weird nightmares. And then from that point on, I don't want to give too much away. Again, this is all the beginning, so I'm not spoiling too much. But from that point on, it goes crazy. There's a weird some something is out killing them off in the woods, and um, I'll just say the whatever, the thing that's killing them is like one of the coolest unique designs I've seen. Awesome. And the ending it gets more. High. Yeah, I don't want to spoil anything. Okay. Okay, you say say no more. I'll try to watch it tonight. Yeah, I'll just say great, great setup, great atmosphere. The characters again, actually, characters you unlike fucking Cloverfield Paradox that had uninteresting characters Mm -hmm. that you didn't care about. This is the opposite. They're all developed enough. They're all interesting enough. The acting is great by all. I don't know any of them, but they're all great. The direction is fantastic. Great atmosphere. Um, Yeah, I. Like I said, I'll be surprised if this doesn't make my best of the awesome. year. Uh, eight out of ten for me for the ritual. Oh, get out of here! Fucking I highly recommend uh, if you have if it's on. I think it's on Netflix worldwide because I've heard yeah. people in the UK and America talk about it. So, yeah, watch this film. It's uh, it's fantastic. Again, there's a lot more to it, but I don't want to spoil it. I think half the fun is getting in there, seeing what happens because it's it was just so different. You mm-hmm. know, what I mean, you expect it to be something, and it, it ends up going like all these different ways, which. I don't know. It was nice to see something like this. It was kind of refreshing. Awesome. Um, but yeah, that, that's all I got. Uh, I got a bunch more that I'll save for next episode. Yeah. But yeah, I've been I've been doing pretty good uh, with my movie yeah, watching. Yeah, you're just late. stepping it up, buddy. Um, it's all these rainy days. You can call in sick no, or what? No, that <laughs> no, was that was last week. But um, <laughs> you're not getting divorced, are you? <laughs> yeah, I just been I, I just been I haven't, hiding wife, in the, I haven't seen your wife in a while. <laughs> Is she okay? <laughs> been hiding in the basement. This What's whole in time. that trunk over there? <laughs> Um, yeah, did you guys have anything else? Or? No, it's getting Friday the 13th, the yeah, final the, chapter. Yeah, this is the reason why we're here, guys. Here is the trailer for the final chapter. before you have felt the terror known the madness lived the horror but this is the one you've been screaming for Friday the 13th the final chapter Jason is back He moves like a shadow, dark and silent. Sorry to change your mind. He never utters a word. He doesn't even seem to breathe. Where the hell's the corkscrew? He simply, mindlessly, mercilessly, kills. But now, Jason's reign of terror is over. Friday the 13th, the final chapter. Friday, April 13th, is Jason's unlucky day. After being mortally wounded and taken to the morgue, Murderer Jason Voorhees spontaneously revives and embarks on a killing spree as he makes his way back to his home. 
of Camp Crystal Lake. Yes, folks, we are here to talk about Friday the 13th, the final chapter or part four from 1984. Um, This is uh, by many, I would say, considered the the best of the series. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. I I guess it's all a preference thing, but I do hear this one brought up a lot when I hear the best Mm -hmm. of the series. I mean... it's it, Tom Savini came back for this one. It's a big epic conclusion. You got Corey Feldman say, in there. Before and we get Kristen into anything, Glover and the kills in this movie are brutal, right? Yeah. Like as far as like the other first three movies, these movies are like he's stepped it up quite a few notches. Well, it, it's they're also very creative. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I read that like a hacksaw on like nurse's neck and shit like that. Yeah, and then he, t- well, he twists it off too. Yeah, he, he hacksaws it and then the no, top that, it off twists yeah, it off. Yeah, that was a dude. And then like he actually like he stabs her and then like yeah, guts goes her. up. Yeah, oh, fucking a man. Um, yeah, I think I read that he doesn't yeah. use a machete. And I was trying to think like he uses knives, but I don't think yeah. he does use his classic machete in this film. But oh yeah, all the kills are very creative. Yeah. I, I think that's one of the reasons probably why people like it. You got yeah. the face crush where he literally crushes the guy's oh, nose to his amazing. skull and presses it up against in the shower against the wall. Um, what's the other uh, big big kill? Corkscrew in the hand. Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> the corkscrew and then the uh, the axe. Mm-hmm. Butch- what is it? A butcher's axe? I guess it would be like yeah, a cleaver in the head. Yeah. Um, and the kid that gets it in the um, Teddy gets it in the uh, movie screen, which was I thought was kind of cool. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, I don't know if we talked about, but yeah, part three felt to me like it was supposed to be the finale because mm-hmm. unlike the other two, where you had an ending that left it ambiguous whether Jason was still alive. Part yeah. three didn't have that. You had the ending, but she woke up mm-hmm. and it, it was an ending like it wasn't him getting up. It was an ending that didn't really make sense. Yeah. It was like Mrs. Voorhees jumping out of the that water weird, or whatever. Right? And it just turns out she's crazy. It ends with the yeah. lead being crazy. Yeah. So th- that film almost could have been an ending. And I think that's what they said. Like part three was supposed to be the finale of the series. But again, yeah. these movies just they kept just them making money. so much damn money. And yeah, we've talked about many times. I think everyone knows that Paramount was just embarrassed by the series. They hated that, but they couldn't stop because they it was love that money. Exactly, the greed. That red splattering blood makes the green, baby. <laughs> yeah. And at around '84, I guess apparently they thought slashers were kind of lo- people were losing their interest in slashers. Mm-hmm. But I, don't know, I think they went on for another good couple yeah. of years. But also Frank Mancuso Jr., who was the one putting these out, he was kind of at the point where he, he was just wanted to be done with the franchise because, again, he was kind of embarrassed by it because people just saw him as, hey, you're the guy that did those silly yeah, slasher films. And he was trying to like do different things, but no one would take him seriously. So I think he was kind of at the point, too, where he's like, let's just end this. Uh, you know, four is, four is a great number. So this was initially meant to be the final chapter but of course it had a budget of just under 2 million and it made just over 32 million so obviously it'd be stupid to let this be the final uh, chapter yeah how could you stop this right and i mean this is how they got tom savini involved cuz he mm. after part 1 he's like he thought they were stupid yeah. he's like jason he's dead like that's the whole point of the story of part 1 it makes no sense he's a kid in that film and then he's an adult the next film so he only agreed to this film knowing that he would be the one to finally put his, the character yeah. that he invented to bed. And he wanted to make sure that he stayed dead. But of course, that didn't happen. So they kind of tricked Tom Savini in there, <laughs> screwed him over. Um, we've talked about it already, but this film does not take place on Friday the 13th. Because again, this is a continuation of part three. It, it uh, Okay, that makes sense. It opens up with them. They take his dead body so from the farm. Is part three a continuation of part two? 
Yeah, that takes place right after. So this would be like Sunday the 15th. This is Sunday the 15th, and then, yeah, it, it okay. goes on. So I think it ends, most of the film, I believe, takes place on Monday and Tuesday. That makes sense. So yeah, we, this is false advertising, yeah. folks. Hey, wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, not only was it false advertising and that it was not the final chapter, but it also was not on a Friday. Uh, anyways, oh, before we get into who made it and the characters and the plot... Why don't you guys throw out your uh, brief thoughts on the film, and then we'll we'll dig into it. I loved. Okay, I don't want to say I love these characters because they're kind of jerks. Every single one of them, except the family. Yeah. But I loved the repertoire between Kristen Glover and Teddy. Yeah, the other two guys. I thought that was. Such a, I enjoyed this movie so much because of these guys. Oh, he's got some great lines. Yeah. Like Kristen they, Glover's talking about how his. They both do. The guy has like his hands out his pants. Like he, this is funny. This guy thinks this is funny. It's not funny. <laughs> I think that's amazing. I love though. Yeah, he's talking about how like um, put it in the computer. I mean, just put it in the computer. Like, but what's her name? It's like uh, BJ. What's he called? BJ Betty or something? Yeah. You broke up with BJ Betty. <laughs> and he's like, let me put my computer find out why. And he plays it off very well. He's actually looking at the computer like he gets like a pretty good actor. He's got some comedic <laughs> chops, man. Well, you're you're right. He's a character like I hate, and he's annoying, and I would never want to hang out with this yeah. guy. But I think he's a great character in this film. Like he plays well off of Crispin Glover. Yeah. Crispin Glover is like this kind of nerdy, shy guy, and I think he he plays and makes you kind of like Crispin Glover yeah. more by feeding off him. But uh, I, I didn't realize. I was trying to think of what he's from. He's the the kid from Last American Virgin. I was about to say it is a kid from the American. So not Virgin, only in that it? film does he get shit on when it comes to women, but this film as well. <laughs> That's true. He's not doing well like in his acting career, right? He's that guy that everyone has that friend that talks like they have all this knowledge, but you've never seen yeah. them with a girlfriend. It's like, they, yeah, they, when you really want to get a girl in the mood, you finger, you put a finger in her belly button, like, no, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you do, yeah, 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 like, like, like down there, like, I, I, I don't think you know what you're doing. So. <laughs> wait, wait, that doesn't work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but sorry, go on. I don't even know where I was going with this one. But uh, yeah, I... Um, You're talking about sticking her belly button. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, yeah. But no, I, I agree with you. Like, I think the characters, you're right, they're not the most likable characters, but I think they all play their part for what they're unique, there to be. Right? And you do have the family, which is, a, they're there for you to root for, mm-hmm. and they're, you know, you want to see this family survive. Who wants to see, like, a mother and, and daughter and young child die and a dog? You know, I mean, they're that perfect... Yeah. Well, they're not perfect family because they're divorced, but... They're, that, they're working on it. They're that know? real family that you want to see survive. And Corey Feldman, I mean, he's he's like one of this. You yeah. know he's probably a little... Sh- you heard that he's a little shit in real life, but yeah. in this, he's like that <laughs> little MacGyver kid. He's creating all the cool horror Did masks. Did you think and- it was weird that he took a grown man to his bedroom and his mom said, well, okay, yeah. go ahead. That was strange, right? Only in the 80s. I think in the 80s, yeah. that was normal. Okay. Um, Did you something happen Corey Feldman. <laughs> yeah, yeah, ooh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All those guys that you told your mother were your uncle? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's funny. Corey Feldman, he was talking about how like, because he was still a kid and there's like all yeah. this nudity going around him. <laughs> and a lot of the time they would do their best to cover it up. But the one scene, I guess the one woman was wearing this like tight, small top uh, yeah. braless. Yeah. So when she bent over, he got a nice peek. Uh, <laughs> so that was, uh, that best, changed best everything moment of his him. life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do you think that uh, Corey Feldman is like, okay, this is Tom Savini, but just like kid, right? Like, he's got all the masks, he's got oh, all yeah, the Oh yeah, I'm sure that was put in like there. That. I'm sure Tom Savini created this and it was kind of him. Mm-hmm. And did you notice, uh, Jimmy pointed this out, that the nurse was uh, R. Morgan, like Rue Morgue, which I thought was kind of oh, yeah. weird. Oh yeah, I didn't catch that. That's funny. <clears throat> 
And who was the uh, the 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 nurse? Uh, the dude, the dude nurse. So actually, yeah, he looks so familiar, right? We're, we're getting off track, but yeah. So yeah. the the film opens up. The they bring the dead body yeah. to the morgue, and you have yeah this nerf nerf. You have the the nurse and Axel, who's like the he's working at the morgue there, and he's funny. Like they bring the dead body. He's, he's got donut. He puts his half eaten donut on the dead body, and then he talk. He does a joke about necrophilia. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She used to be beautiful. Like, what do you mean used to be that doc? Yeah, <laughs> but I, I was trying. To remember, I was trying to like pinpoint who he is. Did, yeah. did any of you guys catch that? No, who is he? He's Fackler from the Police Academy series. Uh, he's the nerdy okay. that dude from sense. the Police Academy, and he's great in this. Yeah. Like, he's again, this is the point where we're at the point in the series where they're just adding cannon fodder to up the kill count. But he's great in this. He's like watching the the exercising video. It's weird, right? Which apparently, if you look carefully, one of the the lead girl in that exercising video is one of the main girls in Jason Liz Part 6. Oh, awesome. So yeah. that's kind of a little tidbit there. There you go. But, um, yeah. The, a little the, tidbit. <laughs> <laughs> that opening is just there to show him escape, but also yeah. to kind get of, some really yeah, cool kills. But yeah, I, I think the characters aren't as likable as they are in Part 1 mm. and 2, but at least they're more interesting than they were in Part 3. Yeah. The kills are uh, are really well done in this. It has a really cool atmosphere. One thing I did want to mention is, um, so it's directed by Joseph Zito. You could tell this one they had a bit more of a budget. Like right away, the opening shot you have when they're getting finding the dead body of Jason. You have like this uh, bird's eye view of the helicopter and all the cop cars mm-hmm. and the lighting, and it just looks a lot better. It looks yeah. like a lot more stylistic. It looks like an action movie at this point. Yeah, exactly. You could tell they had the budget on display there, and I, I thought mm-hmm. you can definitely notice that in this one that it feels just bigger which is kind of cool again this was meant to be the finale so i do like that about it have you noticed that every mortician in like the 80s movies or 90s television shows is always eating and they always put that food on the body on the body every single time it's like yeah i think it's in gotta be like a reference to something yeah i wonder what it is maybe it's just kind of gross out people because i believe it was in return of the living dead as well yeah. possibly I, yeah i've definitely seen it in I, a it couple in, films in armageddon. armageddon i was watching x files and they did the same thing huh it's weird right throw it out to the listeners there can anyone pinpoint the first time when when did this become a thing but yeah i guess let's uh, let's uh, give, we'll talk a little bit more about the film let's talk about who made it quickly it is directed by joseph zito i thought he he had a career in porn before he got into this but i could be wrong no yeah, maybe um it definitely Right away, you notice the like increase in nudity yeah. and kills in this film. I, I right away, like you notice, like in the first ten minutes, you have like nudity and kills, yeah, pretty much. But he he started out doing uh, some slash film called Blood Rage, not the, the, the famous uh, Thanksgiving yeah. one, a different one. But and then he did, of course, the famous Prowler with some of the best Tom Savini yeah. effects on display. He did some uh, Chuck Norris films, Mission in Action and okay. Invasion USA and uh, Red Scorpion with Dolph Lundgren. So Amazing. he had a fun little career there. But I do wonder if his career maybe ended because apparently he was hard to work with. He's a very demanding director. There's a lot of stuff where like a lot of people on set hated him. There's a famous story where he made uh, Judy Aronson, who plays Samantha. There's a scene where she goes skinny dipping and ends up on the raft. And there's a scene, the whole story goes that like, it was freezing cold water. He made her just literally be nude in the cold water for like, and it shot for too so long that she actually ended up with hypo, oh, hypothermia. That's crazy. And uh, Ted White, who played Jason, the stuntman, mm-hmm. actually had to like get in an argument 
with uh, him and say like you got to stop this or else I'm leaving the set. Yeah. And same thing, I guess, with the other character get, that gets his face pressed into the uh, shower. Into the shower, he was saying like, "You, you can't just actually smash him. You got to have some protection." And so he got an argument, <laughs> quite a few uh, with Ted much White? heated arguments with, uh, yeah, Ted White and the director, and uh, they actually got to the point where they hate each other. The whole filming of the the movie and uh, Ted White actually, if you notice, he is uncredited. He got his name removed from the film. Oh, he was crazy! So mm. Angry about the way the actors were treated on set. Corey Feldman also said he was treated pretty horribly by Ted White. By uh, no, sorry, the Zito Joseph Zito, yeah. the director. Ted White though actually had some kind <laughs> words to say about Corey Feldman. He said he was the meanest goddamn little kid he ever dealt with. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, he was like a bit of a diva on set, even at that age. Oh, really? But yeah, I mean, it, it's unfortunate that Zito was not great to his actors because he's Probably a great, he's a very amazing. great, yeah, stylish director, cool and it, it is. It's Again, it's not my favorite of the series. It was at one time. That's kind of changed over the years, yeah. but it is still like... It's up there. Yeah, I have like tiers of Friday the 13th, yeah. and this is in the upper tier with yeah. with my favorites. Um, it was written by Barney Cohen, who did uh, Killer Party, um, the story Bruce Hitomi Sakao, and Harry Manfredini's back for the score, of course. Oh, awesome. Um, we, yeah, we mentioned Tom Savini did come back his plan was to finally kill jason his plan he was in a way that they all. couldn't bring him back i think that he was originally supposed to die with the decapitation because yeah, can't bring cool. him back from that but they convinced him to not do that because of course they wanted yeah, to leave yeah, it open in case and made a lot of money which it did as spoilers uh this wasn't the final chapter no <laughs> Uh, let's talk about a little about the cast. We got Kimberly back as Trish Jarvis. Uh, she she came off of uh, Massacre at Central High. Uh, like Adrian King, she had a bit of a stalker issue during the, oh, the making of this film. Shit. Apparently, she experienced several strange occurrences, including a man watching her while she ran in the park and strange phone calls at all hours. But apparently, when the production stopped, uh, so did it was just Corey Feldman. Not to say, yeah, it, it doesn't. It's, it kind of seems a little bit fishy when the yeah. production ends. It stops. Like it almost seems like one someone on the, yeah, the set, set maybe had a bit of a crush on her. And um, yeah, Corey Feldman, of course, the man. I, you know what? I'm sure he was a little shit, mm-hmm. but at the same time, he had a fucking terrible upbringing. Like it yeah. sounds like, you know, you hear all the stuff that went on, the molestations, all that stuff. Oh. Hi. And um, I kind of feel bad about making those jokes now. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I don't think it's—I don't think it was happening at this time, but I could be wrong. But yeah. you got to give him credit; like he was a great little actor. Like he mm-hmm. did this Goonies. Hey, this was actually really—he was good. Stand in this by movie. me. Like he was—I know everyone thinks of him now, and they see what a ridiculous yeah. <laughs> joke he is now. Where there's you know rumors that he's making up, getting beat up for attention, and all this bullshit. Where you know I'll name the person who did it to me, but first you got to fund my kickstarter of my yeah. film and yes i will keep some of that money yeah because don't i deserve it yeah. <laughs> but some of it will go towards this film that will tell who who did the molestations yeah i don't know he seems a definitely like a shady dude now but yeah. um you know as a as a child he was a great oh, yeah. great actor i mean he's you know kids 
take you out of films and he was fantastic in this. this is one uh, one of my favorite scenes is when the teens move in and the cabin across from his and like the girl's changing and he's like yeah why was that why was that why was that yeah yeah exactly he's getting so excited he's yeah. like oh and he's like literally yeah. doing like a flip in his yeah. bed he's so excited and then he hears his, his mom, mom coming come in. and he has to pretend he's sleeping but like he's so excited that yeah. he's getting to see some nudity at a young uh, age I love the knowing look that the uh, mother gives oh. him she oh, yeah, looks yeah. out the window and sees what's going on and she just kind of looks at him with her head cocked kind of shakes her head yeah. and she walks says, out of the room she says a ton of things without saying anything exactly yeah. Um, that is, of course, Joan Freeman, uh, who plays um, Miss Jarvis in this. She has a nice little film career going back to, uh, she was one of the leads in Tower of London from 1962 oh, at Vincent Price. Shit. She was also uh, one of the main characters in uh, The Fantastic Panic in Year Zero. Oh, wow. Which is, you know, a really fun post-apocalyptic mm-hmm. movie from the 60s. I mean, obviously it doesn't go to like the scary, you know, ness that like the road or threads yeah. goes. It's kind of like, you know, it's a product of its time, but I, I find it, I really enjoyed that movie. It's really fun. Um, we got E. Elric Anderson as Rob Dyer in this. He is pretty much the Jason Voorhees hunter. Um, he mentions briefly that he is the brother of Sandra from Friday 13th Part 2. Sandra is, of course, the underage. Young girl. She's the girlfriend. Yeah, the girl that like originally did nudity till they yeah. found out she was underage. So his character in this is supposed to be, that's supposed to be his sister. And it's supposed to be he's coming to hunt down Jason. Mm. Which, when you actually add it up, it doesn't really make sense because technically this is only like what a week or five days yeah. after that. Like, it goes like, would you have that time to like find out your sister's missing, get the paper clippings, and go look for him? Get, like, a, get like, a tent, get a gun, get exactly a knife. like this whole thing. Yeah. The timeline doesn't really make sense, mm-hmm. but hey, less like all these sequels doesn't matter. Exactly, they're just kind of telling their own story and kind of following briefly yeah. what was set up before it. I don't really care about that kind of stuff. Continuity in these type of films never nah, really bothers me. That doesn't me. matter. Um, apparently he was supposed to have like all this high-tech equipment, but they thought it looked a little too goofy, a little too sci-fi. <laughs> like, like, like night vision goggles and shit Possibly, like that? Possibly, I don't know. Uh, we got Alan Hayes as Paul and Judy Aronson, as we mentioned, Samantha. They're like the couple in there. You find out she's... I don't want to say slutty girl just because she was having she's having a lot of sex. Yeah, she's, um, she's you know, there's it. nothing wrong with nothing wrong yeah. with uh, you know enjoying. Yours. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but she's from American Ninja and Weird Science. Awesome. We got Peter Barton as Doug, who uh, I always get him mixed up with Rob Lowe. He always reminds me of Rob Lowe yeah, for some reason. Sense. But he is most people know him probably from Young and the Restless. Uh, I'm oh, yeah, of course. I'm joking. Most people know him as the lead in Hell Knight. Apparently, he had such a terrible experience on that film, he didn't even want to do this, but he was actually in a show with um, Amy Steele, Ginny, from Friday the 13th Part 2, called um, The Power of Matthew Starr. I think they were the two leads, and that show just got canceled, and he got offered this role, and she was like, hey, you should go do it, because, like... Why not? It's a big franchise, and, you know, I know you don't like these films, but you can be the one that's in the final one to kill Jason Voorhees. Mm -hmm. So, it was her convincing that got him to take on the role. Which is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Barbara Howard is Sarah in this. She's the virgin. Unfortunately, if you enjoyed her shower scene, that was not her. That was a, a body double in there. What? So. so first off, this isn't the final chapter. Yeah. Second off, it's like Monday the 15th. <laughs> <laughs> and to top it all off, <laughs> yeah. we don't even get to see Barbara Howard's titties. <laughs> 
let's be honest. So yeah, like we mentioned, the two stars in this film. <laughs> it's actually Crispin Glover in a wig. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> that actually, I would pay money to see that. I wouldn't lie. be surprised. Apparently, yeah. he did all kinds of crazy shit mm-hmm. on the set. Uh, Jimmy or Jimbo. Um, everyone knows Crispin Glover. He's he's almost more famous from his roles as he is like his Hollywood stories no, outside of uh, the films. Uh, but yeah, he, he everyone knows him from Private Back to the Future, the yeah. Willard remake, River's Edge, Wild at Heart. My Private um, Tutor. <laughs> yeah, he, he's he's great in this. I really think he makes his film. He's likable. Oh, yeah, for sure. He's a guy you root for. He's a guy you, you get shit on. You just want to mm-hmm. see him get a woman and thankfully you know I don't know if I'm spoiling but he does get a nice little payoff there he's not quite the dead fuck (laughs) that Teddy claims he also has one of the greatest dance scenes in in not only horror history but possibly movie history I would agree it's amazing right which apparently and if if everyone's wondering originally he was dancing to um, Back in Black by (laughs) ACDC so that's what he danced on set it's probably not much better like (laughs) no yeah because even even this one it kind of matches up in a way but yeah they they had to replace it with Love is a Lie by Lion (laughs) but it's a great scene where it's like this it's not really a calm song but it's like it's not like this really rocking song like with how he's doing it more pop pop centric yeah and I I just love though how he she's like kind of dancing like normally and he's just like going crazy he's having a good time man but he's definitely the standout in this movie, as is Ted. I mean, again, mm. Ted, not the most likable guy. Not a guy you'd like to hang on in real life. But they but play off each other yeah, so exactly. well. Um, and then finally, we have the twins, Tina and Terry. As we mentioned, they were most famous probably for the Double Mint commercial. Mm-hmm. Bubblegum Girls. That was that, what, what that was that have, commercial was all the twins, right? Yeah, what else have they done? Like, uh, Not much else. I think only one of them was an actress. I could be wrong, but I, I, I know um, Camilla. So is Camilla Moore and Carrie Moore. Camilla Moore is actually the one that came out for the part. And when they found out she had a sister, they were like, oh, yeah? And then they added, they changed that character into twins oh, okay. and hired them both. Because, you know, two's better than one. Makes sense. And yeah, as we mentioned, Ted White is uh, Jason this. Uh, how do you guys feel about this take on Jason where do you think it ranks uh, it's not my favorite but it's not my least favorite either I like um, I like it better than Kane Hodder I, yeah Kane Hodder's not every, that's everyone's mm-hmm. favorite and he's he's not one of mine <laughs> yeah I find him a bit too uh, lumbering and yeah too, too big mm-hmm. I, I like the Jason I find he's kind of mechanical but yeah. he's not quite as robotic as he becomes later on when he's yeah. like the zombie Jason I don't know I, I thought he was menacing enough and yeah he does what he needs to do, I guess. Yeah, yeah. It's not like uh, his physical prowess is in this movie. It is weird that he throws himself through the window, though. Did you notice that? Like when he's breaking into the cabin, he actually just hurls oh, okay. his body through the window. Like yeah. that's probably an easier way to do that, buddy. Well, I guess it's a, he did that at the the end of part. Yeah, two, I guess right? so. I guess if you go by that actually happening. But yeah, I don't know. I still, again, I prefer the running Jason, the, yeah. the potato mask. But I, I think this is one of the better. Yeah, one of the better takes on it. Um, as we mentioned, the the kills and the nudity, you get a lot. They really up the ante in oh, this one. Crazy. There's like a kill, like literally every what five ten minutes. Mm-hmm. There's a kill. And did you notice that even like um, Crispin Glover gets the uh, corkscrew through his hand? Then later on, he pretty much like he has iron spikes through his hands on the door. Oh, I love that scene. Yeah, it's so crazy. When Jason right? kills all the people. Yeah, he actually like sets them up. He displays all yeah. the bodies. So but when, with like railway spikes yeah. like, through their hands and shit like that, which is kind of crazy. So when yeah, the characters running away, mm. it's just you have all these great gags where they're falling out. Mm-hmm. The one thing I noticed about 
about this. I don't, I don't know if I would say the kills are mean spirited. I, th- I think they're very creative. But mm. everyone almost dies twice. It's like yeah. we mentioned the mortician gets his neck sliced, but then on top of it, he twists his head <laughs> right, right off. off. And then you have um, Crispin Glover who gets the corkscrew, and then on top of it, he gets the <laughs> cleaver through the head. Like I, I don't know. I thought this this is definitely, in my opinion. One of the the better, and then he some of the better kills in the series had like rallies fights put in his hands. So yeah. he would be on display. Weird. You have the um, the hitchhiker who's kind of fun. The <laughs> which I kind of feel bad. I think that in the script that that character was just fat woman or something. <laughs> like imagine that, that character. That is the grossest kill, right? We're looking oh, for kind yeah. of a unattractive that banana. Weirds me out. Yeah, man. right. We're looking for an unattractive woman yeah. to eat a banana and get killed while yeah. she's eating the banana and have it spew out her mouth. Hello, how are you? <laughs> but there's a great scene where, yeah, like, they're like, oh, we should I pick her up. I am a classically trained actor from uh, Juilliard. I'd love to play for this role. You don't I, get any lines. Oh, that's quite all right. <laughs> that's pretty much what she said. I think yeah. her casting agent said, don't take it because there's no lines. She's like, oh, I'm fine with that. But yeah, that's a great scene. So she's got the sign saying, you know. Canada and love. Yeah, and they're like, oh, can we, we should pick her up. And they're like, where are we going to fit her? So they, they stop. You think they're going to pick her up and then they like speed up and drive off and the guy says like bow wow or like what was like asks if she has a sister yeah yeah hey honey you got a sister rough rough <laughs> um and then but it's great though because like she then she turns around the sign that says fuck off <laughs> i thought that was kind of fun oh we didn't even talk about the opening montage is fantastic in this film so they set up they have to set up because this is the final one and they mm-hmm. have like this cool montage of the music of all like four, all three yeah. films before that. I thought that was really that was done, well done, mixing yeah, like really the, well the campfire tale with all the cool like kills, kills like and that. basic points you need to do. I thought that was really cool, which is kind of weird because I think Zito didn't want anyone's footage from his film yeah. or some weird thing, but I, I thought that turned out fantastic. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's a great way to uh, start the uh, film and then you have the to origin, yeah. And then you have the mask and the explosion. So again, this film right away sets out on a bang. But I did want to mention uh, the Axel scene. There was some great dialogue in that too, where they're like making out, and the, the dead body's arm like flops on it, uh, it falls down. He's like, "Holy jumping Jesus Christ, Christmas shit!" <laughs> did he so- remind you of Chevy Chase yeah. a little bit? <laughs> a little bit. And then I love her line too, Axel. You are the Super Bowl of self abuse. <laughs> like I don't even know what that means, but sure. On the other hand, some dialogue that does not work, where the Jason Voorhees hunter in the basement where he gets oh. attacked. That scene is so fucking bad. So they set up that he's going to hunt Jason. He's yeah. trying to get revenge for his sister being killed. You think he's going to be badass. He goes down to the basement. You don't see anything. And you just hear him yelling, Oh God, he's killing me. Run, Trish. He's killing me. Ah, ah. Like it sounds so cheesy. Like who would be yelling that? As you're yeah. getting killed, you wouldn't be yelling, He's killing me. He's killing me. Ah, every time yeah. I see that scene, it, it drives me crazy. It's so bad. I thought it was just like the version that I was watching. No, that no, you it's, it's, see bad. it's bad. <laughs> no. There is some cool scene, though, before we're jumping all over the place, but before he does die. So he has a tent. He's hanging out in the woods to, again, catch the Jason. He's got all these weapons and whatnot. But there's a great scene where he hears something comes out and he looks back and sees like a glimpse of Jason by his tent. Yeah, I, I thought, thought that, that was kind of cool. really creepy. Uh, the you get the whole romance of the virgin, which is kind of cheesy. She's gonna lose her virginity on this trip, but she's gonna take a shower first. Yeah, so you get the sex in the shower, and then she she leaves, and she's like, "I think I'm in love." And it's like, <laughs> just relax, woman. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's banging the guy in a shower. Okay, yeah. let's, let's not get it carried away here. I love where um, Doug's character, the Rob Lowe lookalike, mm-hmm. he hears something outside the shower, and he thinks it's his body. And he's like. 
Hey, Paul, is that you? Whoops, I dropped my bar of soap, buddy. Why don't you come in here and get it for me, pal? That looked pretty great. Uh, I don't know. I, I thought that was really good. Uh, I love the scene where they had Ted's just like get stoned and watching the the nudie cutie films. Where it's just and like, he's just giggling, like, yeah. come kiss Teddy. <laughs> well, apparently during that scene, he actually, he, he never did. So he actually before. was high? Yeah, he smoked pot. Yeah, so that thinking it would give him like it'd be real. But he didn't really, like, he couldn't handle it. He's, like, very paranoid. And, like, mm-hmm. he didn't realize how, like, he couldn't concentrate or anything. So it ended up being just a mess of him trying to do this scene. That makes sense. Uh, we didn't even talk about the best character in the movie, Gordon the dog. <laughs> Was it Golden? Is it a Golden Retriever? I think so. Something like that. What did you guys think? Uh, there's a scene where the dog goes flying out the window. Do you think the dog jumped out to get away? Or do you think Jason grabbed the dog and threw it out the window? I think the dog jumped out. He's a smart dog. Jimmy? Uh, I wasn't sure. I'll go with uh, I'll go with smart dog. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go jumped out as well. But yeah. it's always one of those things. Every time you, I watch you, him, you like, question. Hmm. He does say Gordon an awful lot in that scene, right? Yeah, Gordon. Hey, Gordon. Yeah. <laughs> I think the dog was named mm. after someone on this set. Yeah, maybe dog or something. I don't know. Weird. Um. So this Jason. Is this supposed to be some kind of supernatural? Like, part six is definitely where he comes yeah, back zombie, as a zombie. Right? He gets struck by lightning, and there's a supernatural element. Mm-hmm. What do you guys think about this one? Was he dead, and uh, he somehow came back, or was he not dead, and they they just I a think false he, reading? He just and wasn't he somehow... dead. Because even, like, the great scene, too, is when they put him in the morgue, and you see, like, his breath kind of slowly escape, too, when they put him in the freezer. Oh, yeah? I, don't know I thought that was kind of cool. I love that scene. Because well, the reason, and I, even like they do cut his hand kind of in half, and he kind of looks at it like, "Oh, that sucks," and then he goes back to killing, right? Oh yeah, they put the dagger. Through yeah. Him, yeah. So I would assume he's probably just. But a, that's the thing. He's not something really like pain. supernatural afoot. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. Well, the reason I bring it up because there's a scene where she literally grabs a whole fucking TV and smashes it over his head, and yeah. he still survives that. Yeah, it does knock him out though, doesn't it? Yeah, but a fucking yeah, TV. Through I don't know, head. man. He got the thick skulls. You know what they say about these. Uh... I've, I've always wondered. I, I mean... <laughs> we had this conversation yeah, last yeah, time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Huh? Um. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Anything yeah. else that you guys can think of that we? Uh, I, I, can we go into the spoilers? Well, if if we're done talking yeah. about the film, let's give our okay. final thoughts and rating. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, who wants to start? I had a ton of fun with this movie, even with the uh, the actors kind of being a bit um, dicks. But I still enjoyed hanging out like with them for like the hour and a half, which you I thought was kind of cool. Yeah, you know the assholes, <laughs> dicks and assholes. <laughs> so, so that's why you have that bar of soap with you. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. And again, it was fun because there was even some comedic moments like that. And there was some cool scenes, and that definitely had a lot of production value, more so than any of the other three. So I had a ton of fun with it. I'm probably going to give it around uh, seven point five. Uh, I really dug this one. Uh, I love the atmosphere that's set up uh, with the kids renting the the cabin across from this family. You can tell the kids are really excited to have somebody else in the area. You kind of see some of those long shots that kind of uh, create the atmosphere like you see in the earlier films yeah. that weren't necessarily there with the third one. Uh, you know, it's got Corey Feldman. It's got uh, Crispin Glover. Uh, you know, tons of funny little moments here and there that don't necessarily take away yeah. from the film, but just kind of, you know, Humor almost as little like in. inside jokes. So yeah, I'm going to give this one an eight, um, you know, out of the, out of the first four, um, I definitely prefer it 
over uh, the third one, yeah, uh, which I, I mentioned before. I think is kind of the the weaker of the yeah, four. I agree. Yeah, I, I agree with you in that. Like this one has comedy, but it, it never feels as goofy. I, I found the third one just felt too goofy, like yeah. with the poop jokes and everything mm-hmm. like that. And even all the kills, they were really fun, but they were goofy. Whereas this one, it, it goes back to like. Brutal. It, it, well, it goes back actually trying to frighten you at times, yeah. I thought. And it has a great atmosphere. The kills are actually quite gory and well done. Yeah, the characters aren't as interesting, as we've said many times, as the first two for me mm. are at least not as likable. But they at least are memorable, I guess. Like, mm. you, everyone remembers Crispin Glover and Teddy in this film. And uh, I think Jason is its one of the better Jasons. And yeah, it's just like you said, it's very like well-directed. All the money is on screen on this one. Yeah. Um, it looks like, you know, a big budget. It looks like a big budget slasher film, which we don't get that often. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to go seven and a half on this okay. one as well. So how do you guys rank the series? I was actually thinking about this. It's a hard one to ask because I really like part two. And I like this one too. So I don't, I think it might be two, four, one, three, but I, I don't know. I really like number one, too. I don't know if I like the number one or four better. But two is my favorite, and three is my least favorite. But, like, it's a close uh, second. Jimmy? Uh, I would probably go one, two, four, three. Yeah? Uh, but that being said, there are probably some others later on that go in. Yeah, that makes sense. On yeah, top I, I think uh, me and Jimmy are on the same uh, yeah. same wavelength here. For me, I, I, I usually have two as my favorite, but this time around I put one, then two, and four, and then much behind us three. But I think yeah, like man. one, two, four are yeah, top, top, are top tier. tier of the series and top tier of just slasher films in general. Yeah. I agree. There's one more coming up in the series that I like as much as part uh, five. These th- <laughs> no. part seven. <laughs> I, as much as these three, possibly it might even be my favorite. But again, we'll see how it compares on, mm-hmm. on next viewing. But uh, yeah, it's definitely for me one, two, four, and then three much much behind. Um. Yeah, I guess should we jump into spoilers then? Or yeah, yeah, sounds awesome. Mm-hmm. Okay, so again, uh, the time will be at the bottom there. If you don't want it spoiled, uh, just skip ahead. But again, like a lot of these films, there's not really much no. to spoil. So yeah, I guess. Do you guys want to talk about? It? I guess so. The the whole ending is just uh, Corey Feldman taking a uh, machete and taking like Jason out. Like he hacks him in the head. Then and Jason then, falls over. So he gets like the, the double tap as well. Yeah, exactly. And he slides down the machete, which is so cool, right? So yeah, how do you guys feel about that kill? I, I love it. Jimmy? I, like, uh, from like an anatomy standpoint, yeah. there's like a small issue because like, yeah, he's on the, the machete, but it if it's coming in from the side, it's just, yeah. like, you put the weight on it, it's just going to fall out. Yeah. And uh, this is—it's kind of like the one point where, like, the uh, Savini practical effects kind of let me down. Because you can actually see like his face moving and shit, kind of yeah, deal. Kind of, yeah. You kind of see like the rubber yeah. uh, or latex um, mask. Yeah, I, it's appliances. Weird. I agree. It's a weird mix where it looks mm-hmm. great, but it also looks fake. Like, yeah. I, I don't know. I know a lot of people love this kill, and it's—it's it's a huge moment in the series for a lot of people, but. The more I watch it, I, I just feel it almost feels anticlimactic to me. It's like mm-hmm. you look at like how Michael Myers gets killed in you know the later films, that, and he gets yeah. his head chopped off. And this film, I, I don't know. I think they could have did something more bigger and and 
better. I don't, I don't know. know. I think this is like the first time we've seen this and the last time we've seen this kind of shit, right? Like, yeah, it just feels like this slow kind of like, mm. I don't know. It just doesn't feels exciting to me. Yeah. I do like though the whole like where Corey Feldman shaves his head and yeah. you know makes himself look like Jason, Jason as a kid to confuse him. I thought that was cool. Mm-hmm. And then of course the twist ending where they set up that maybe uh, he's gone crazy. Corey Feldman, you know, has kind of you, you can kind of see how the two lives kind of intertwine. I guess mm-hmm. in a sense where now they never really show in the movie but it's pretty much insinuated that his mother has been killed yeah um, and he's went through all this kind of stuff so now he's gonna go out and seek revenge um, which uh, the alternate ending is on the blu-ray I'm pretty sure I'm sure I've seen it but uh, they actually was gonna show was gonna go up to the house and you see that the mother is dead and she's in the bathtub but then there's gonna be a jump scare where she jumps out or comes okay. alive or something or Something like that. So you don't really need that, do you? No, I, I don't think so. I, I think because again, this is the final chapter. Yeah. I think that would have kind of felt like a cheat, even though yeah. this wasn't the final chapter. But um, do you have any other thing? No, that's on the spoilers. That's pretty much all uh, I got. There is this one other moment. It's yeah. um, kind of leading up to that uh, that ultimate moment uh, yeah. in the living room where. Uh, uh, Tommy and his sister are, um, you know, running from Jason and they, you know, of course they run upstairs and they blockade yeah. themselves in his uh, bedroom. Mm-hmm. There's an amazing, like the shining moment, uh, <laughs> where, you know, Jason comes running up and you just see the ax come through the door yeah. and then the face. Yeah. That was kind of dope. Actually, even that scene I thought was really, I noticed that this time around where he's chasing up the sister, it's when she goes to that other house. I thought was really mm. cool. Because you put yourself in that shoes, and have you ever been chased by someone you're playing whatever, a game of tag, Mm. and no matter how much you run, they're like right behind you? I just got that. Like, imagine that, but it's not chase. It's your fucking life on the line. So when you see that scene and she's running, and he's literally right behind her, no matter what, she can't get away. Like, this time around, I just thought that scene was terrifying. Unnerved you? He's right there, and you're not going to outrun this guy. Like, she has to jump out a window to to get away from him. Like, I I thought that scene was... um, quite well cool. done. I mean, again, th- this whole movie, I think, is very well done for a lot of that stuff. It, it does a great job of kind of setting up these tense moments and then actually having a decent payoff, which is uh, rare mm-hmm. in a lot of these these films. Um, I just had a couple other um, things I just want to quickly mention. Yeah. A couple of trivia here quickly I'll run through. Apparently, the writer originally wrote a scene where uh, Jason was going to grope Trish's breasts. Yeah, I don't like that. Going back to the uh, whole raping thing, they yeah. they want to make Jason. Yeah, a they really for do. Some eh? They want to cause cause people. That's where the money is, kids. <laughs> in the rapers. That's that's where you want to look. I chopped on a giant cigar. <laughs> no, no, no. It's all wrong. It's all wrong, Zito. What you need to do is put in a rape scene. Well, surprisingly, yeah. Surprisingly, it wasn't Zito because I, I thought he would be the one that was mm-hmm. down for it. But he actually was the one that disliked the scene because he thought it made uh, Jason seem too human. Yeah, and made him less menacing because of that. So that makes sense. He got it cut. Um, the only other thing I wanted to add, um, Roger Ebert loved this film. He gave it uh, five out of five. No, of course not. Yeah, I was about to say, like, no, 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 no. <laughs> of course, Roger Ebert hated this film. He called this film an immoral and reprehensible piece of trash. So he was a man of way with words. He had yeah. way with words, didn't he? Um, 
So, of course, there is more Friday the 13th films, and we will cover them again, but it probably won't be until the next Friday the 13th at the earliest. We're going to take a break now, because mm-hmm. we don't want to bore... If you're not in these films, we don't want to hey, bore listen. you and make you not have any episodes to listen to for two months. I figure a month coverage is enough for Jason, and we'll, we'll yeah. come back to it. There's, what, 12, 13 of these to cover, so... There's quite a few. This is our final episode for now. The final um, chapter. Final of, chapter uh, for now. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you guys have anything else to add, or... I, I'm excited. I'm excited about watching four through eight now, five through eight now. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, I, I might just keep watching them just for the hell of it. These are films that, like, it seems mm. like I watch them every year, and yeah. I can watch them every year. There's yeah. not too many films that I can do that and not really get bored. Yeah, and I, I, these always tend to deliver for me. So I don't know. They're definitely like some of the most watched yeah. films, well, horror films and films in general. I've probably watched because they're they're an hour and a half. They're you know you don't have to think too much. Mm-hmm. Just throw them on and have fun. These, these are my Marvel films, I guess. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, out of the the, we've covered the first four, and like to me, you have three great films and one still good film. Yeah. I mean, it's not a bad mm-hmm. film. That like, what what a great start. I mean, I know people don't give this. Some people think these films are just you know boring. <laughs> well, I don't think boring, but they think they're just cheap trash. And like yeah. maybe they are, but I don't know. I don't Going back think and so. watching them and looking them from that from they, different they, point of view, they like, become cheap trash. Like later on in the yeah. series, they become cheap trash, right? But, but up to this point, I mean, they're, yeah. they're pretty well directed. That I I don't get the complaints about the mm-hmm. acting. I think it's all fine. I mean, these people seem like real teens to me. I never got the mm-hmm. impression where it's like, ah, oh, that guy. It's yeah. terrible. But yeah, I don't know. It's a solid series so far, and we're going to keep up with it, and hopefully it keeps the quality. Uh, if you want to get a hold of us, we'd love to hear your thoughts on the series. How do you rank part four? How do you rank the series? Are you excited to have us cover the rest? Yeah. Um, Should we do the remake? <laughs> uh, was Jimmy's Crispin Glover impression spot on, or could it use a little bit of work? Uh, you can get a hold of us. He thinks he's funny. He thinks he's funny over here. He's not funny. He's always thinking he's funny. <laughs> You can get a hold of us at MovieCityManiacs at gmail.com. You can find us at uh, on Twitter at MovieCityManiac. And then, uh, yeah, join our uh, Facebook group and like page. Just search MovieCityManiacs and it will come up. Uh, that's it for now, guys. Uh, you know, we, we I think we did a pretty good job yeah, covering yeah. these. Thanks, Jimmy, for coming on down. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Us for this month of slasher goodness. Uh, we'll, we'll make sure we get him back when we cover the next four. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah, thanks for listening, guys. Stay scared. Kill, kill. Gim style. <laughs> Get Jimmy, it's time to record. <laughs> yeah. Pull him out of the yeah. trunk with the chain. He's got the Gimp mask. See, those things are addicting. Like, I want to open another one. And just, down. just want to open another one and another one. Oh. Ooh. <laughs> Maybe we should stop eating that while we record. Hmm. I sure enjoy these. We're going to be in the middle of this conversation of like, I think uh, Crispin Glover's performance and this is amazing that 
Would you say it's Sesame Crispin Glover? <laughs> a nice little tie in there. And that brings us to our sponsor for this week is uh, Sesame Crisp. Are, are these British, you think? They seem like they'd be a British thing, don't they? I don't think so. Because the British hate flavor, so. <laughs> She did. She did marry you. <laughs> exactly. They like things bland. Over there, uh, Fifty Shades of Grey is a cookbook. <laughs> a cookbook. 